Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today's show, today is, I think it is finally Friday. It is the 18th of December, 5.30 in the morning in L.A. It's still early, still dark out. It's like right after the show, by about a half an hour, the sun rises. And it's usually very beautiful this time of year. And today we have a lot of questions. And before I start... Today's show, I did want to clarify something to everyone who's listening because I get more and more listeners. I do this show because I happen to, in my lifetime, see Christ. However I saw him, that's how I saw him. Whatever he told me, that's what he tells me. Other than that, I was a business person prior to that happening to me in my life. For me to come out and be a public person and to talk about what he told me is all I know. It's all I know. And I do 99% of it for free. Because I don't want to owe anybody anything for the knowledge that I'm passing along. I want to be free to just say what I'm learning. And if it helps you or works for you, my job is to bridge people's souls back to them, not to fix people's souls for them. There's a big difference between being a fixer and helping someone build their bridge. Fix means I do it for you. I get blamed if it doesn't work when it's impossible to do that to anybody. But giving someone stepping stones to build their own way of communicating with themselves a little bit deeper, a little bit stronger is all I can do. I'm not a doctor. I did not study fully, nor am I qualified to address some of the things that people may want to be addressed or represented. The only person I work for, in a way, is God. Whatever I am told, I just do my best. I will tell people, if you don't want the truth, don't ask me the question. And sometimes, for somebody who's ultra-religious, 
they will tell me I'm a false prophet. And I say, okay, because what they believe is so deeply woven into them. I'm not arguing with them because Christ told me that whatever anyone believes and it takes them closer to God, all he wants is that you have a way to him because there is a lot when we exchange energy with God. Even a hospital, if you call a hospital, which I did in this time, especially in the time I took off, we were hospitalized twice in our family. We had someone hospitalized twice. No matter what you ask them or tell them on the phone, they do not diagnose you on a phone. You have to go in. They have to see you as the individual and what your personal circumstances are. Person on the phone is not a doctor. The nurses are not a doctor, even though they know a lot. And probably if they have a lot of years of experience, probably know a lot of what the doctor knows, but maybe not to the extent. And they still will not tell you what they think unless the doctor tells them what to do for you. They also don't do anything for you that's not on your order. So just to be clear, from this day forward, I am doing my best every day. I am sharing with you what I know because Honestly, it's great stuff. Being able to hear and see Christ is a gift. But I never, ever will abuse that gift. Or let the fixer in me try to answer everybody's critique or comment or compliment of this work. all I could do I've been doing this show in 2021 it will be seven years for the most part five days a week with a few gaps here and there because my commitment to this knowledge is to not waste it I know in my heart the people who find it needed it When we're ready for the lesson, the teachers come in all of our lives, mine included. So I just needed to say that today because in one week I got to you, 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 good, bad, or indifferent. And there's nothing, I mean, the other lady, I didn't even respond to her. She studied me. She studied my book. She studied my videos. And then she found that, telling me, telling the world that when I saw Christ's eyes were closed, it was like, you couldn't even look Christ in the eye. I'm like, oh, my God. God. It's okay. That was my experience. I can't change it. I don't need to prove that I saw the right Christ. Christ never asked me that. He never said, hey, this is the real Christ. 
Everyone else sees a fake one. Nope, didn't say that to me. But what he did say is that there are people who will see him who can help. I'm not the only one. That I wasn't special because I saw him. We're all special to God. That there is no soul more important than another, not even mine or yours or anybody's who may think that they are. Whatever we came here to do, we came here to do. If we're not doing it right now, it's just maybe not our lot in life yet. We know what we're drawn to. We know what we're not drawn to. But I am learning more and more to intricate levels of how little anyone else has to do with our lives. At the end of the day, when you stand before God, your decisions and your decisions alone will be the only thing you're asked for. That being said, other people affect our lives greatly and in beautiful ways. That's not to be taken away. But the decision-making process that we go through and the decisions we come out with at the end of the day God doesn't ask us, why did so-and-so do something? They say, why did you respond the way you did? What did you need back from that? Why did you need it that way? If there's anything else I learned from God, is that even when I point a finger at myself, I'm usually still on my way to learning what I needed to learn. Not about self-accounting, but when I put myself down or if I have a hard day or I read something that makes me go, oh, wow, what do I do with this? That could never really be my responsibility, but how do I convey that? It's how I treat it. I try to treat it with as much love and kindness that I know how to, to reach a person. And some people it makes super mad and other people it makes really happy. But when Christ told me that I need to say what I need to say and not worry about what anybody thinks about me, that's so loaded, but it's true. The more work I do, the farther it starts to do an outreach. I'm mentoring two young women now. One is 19 years old and one is 30 years old. They both have the same issues, and it's the same issues we all have. And that is how to navigate through all of these crazy things in life and try to find ourselves through love. It is the best I can do. I appreciate when people write me and ask me questions and all of that. I do appreciate it. But I have to let you know what I am and what I'm not. And where I can be prudent and where I'm not. Because I did used to in the beginning because I was just a person who didn't understand a public response to me. 
tried to fix everything. I wanted to be everybody's mother. I told everyone how much I loved them because I do. But that threw people off. That was way too much, way too soon. And then I had to deal with the fallout of that. I had people love me, hate me, want to kill me, want to put me up on a pedestal, all of it. Imagine someone saying all that to you. Like, what do you do with that? And you're, in your mind, you're like, I still got to do a load of wash, make sure I make dinner, take care of someone who's ill, go out and see this person and go run my errands and make sure my bills are paid. That's what I'm thinking. Because we're all the same. We all do wash. We all take care of our families. We all have to pay our bills. We all have to find a way to live in this life. Only thing I want out of this work is to tell it to you. Because I know in my heart when we hear something that's true, it will be useful information. Because truth propels and love propels. And purity, our innocence, propels. Every once in a while I get someone on my page and they're like heckling me. And I put up with it and I put up with it and I put up with it until one day I just say to myself, geez Louise, I am so tired of waking up and seeing this. This negative stuff, I tried to ignore it. I tried to delete the comments. I didn't want to hurt the person's feelings. And finally, I was like, enough is enough. Their last heckle was the only one I actually remember. And it was, well, what God are you talking about? And they've been listening to me for years. And I thought, well, you know what? Maybe they really don't get what I'm doing. And they're lashing out at me day in and day out. And people have inboxed me to ask me what's going on. And I said, you know what? It's not my job. It's not that I don't care. But I've learned to not allow on a regular basis hurtful and unkind ways of communicating even after being approached with kindness. And I take that lesson into my everyday life. I take that appreciation of people who are kind into my everyday life because it made me understand how strong kindness is and how weak criticism without solution is. We cannot and we will never be able to fix each other. We can't fix our kids. We can't have a program paddle, uh, panel on somebody's back and punch in the numbers we need them to be that day. They are who they are. If we can benefit from each other, we can benefit from each other. And if we can't, and it's taking away from your joy, your peace, your contentment, or all of that is being attacked. It's not that you shouldn't be challenged by it, but we need to know what is repetitiously coming at us 
and someone who really, really, really wants to know. And we also need to know what our own limits are when we think we want to fix someone else or something for someone else. I was asked about the difference between mental illness and spirituality, and one, a person can't help, and the other is a choice. We have mental illness in my family. I know firsthand how much and what I did to help. And at the end of the day, in the end of all that help, in the end of everything that I have done, that soul made a decision to not medicate and look at us as trying to hurt her by medicating her. At the end of the day, with all the money we raised, all the money we got, all the missing persons times we had to do, all the hospital stays due to the recklessness of the fact that there was no safe place for this soul. We could not medicate her without her permission, but she had mental illness. So she couldn't even give permission, and we had no legal remedy. And to this day, I will get an inbox for money. Every day I open up my Facebook, I may be getting one from her, and I check. If there's, it's the only way left I can help is just to feed her. But at the end of the day, she likes being on the street. And you'd say nobody does, but to her, anyone she's familiar with becomes, goes from an angel to a devil quickly. So if she just keeps turning over her environment, she feels safe. We tried, we went through police, we went through mental health professionals, we tried everything we could. She even did take medication and it did work and she did feel better, but she can't remember taught me that I'm not a professional psychologist, psychiatrist, medical professional, and there is only so much I can do. Spirituality is a choice. Religion is a choice. How you decide to interact with God is different, a very different world than somebody that we can't reach. And there's different levels of that, but I can't decide that or judge that. Needed to talk this out loud because every single day I do get a glimpse of that, those questions. I notice the question is missing from my page now, which is fine, but I did want to make sure that we got to talk about this so that the people who think these things or address me as your teachings, I'm just a conduit, guys. What Christ tells me, I say, stand by it, because it has changed my life for the better on every single count. But with that, I had to be a participant. I had to say no to myself when there's something I thought I wanted more than anything else and it didn't work. 
or it wasn't mine yet, or it's not mine at all. I have learned to say, wow, I really wanted that. But if it's not mine, I actually don't want it. And if I want anything out of an insecurity, I definitely don't want that. Because what is it going to do? Is it going to make me more secure? No. The only thing that can make me more secure is me. The only person who can make you more secure is you. The talks we have with ourselves are the best talks we will ever have with anybody because we are somebody. Are somebody. My job and my heart is to strengthen your relationship with yourself and to understand that nobody on the face of this earth has the tools to fix anybody else. We can guide each other, we can learn from each other, we can lead each other, but we can't be each other. And this is one of those talks that, you know, when I feel that great sense of responsibility that people are taking what I say and they're they're acting like I think I'm bigger than I am or they're trying to give me their view of my work. That's great. But it's very important for me to say, I'm doing this because I love people. I don't want anything back for loving people. Taught me that you can't just dump love on people who don't love themselves. That was a huge lesson. I had to be married with four kids who had a really hard, hard upbringing. They were really tough kids, and I just couldn't understand how and why I brought all that into my home. But they taught me that I can't, I can't expect love for love. It may be years later, like Christ said. Say what you need to say. They might get it in 10 minutes, 10 years, or 100 years. It's, it's not mine to decide when you learn. Christ didn't tell me something and said, okay, you've got two weeks to figure this out. Or you've got a year to figure this out. He didn't say that. Imagine if he did. I would have been under so much pressure, I would have cracked. He just say something to me once or twice or three times or a hundred times in different ways. And then one day I would figure it out. But I wouldn't figure it out the way you'd think. It's like I had to get through one experience and then another and then another. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, all these experiences keep going back to how I ran them. How I decided to do them. Oh, geez, look at the stuff I came up with. Why did I come up with it like that? Wow, I was a lot more insecure than I ever thought about certain things. 
But when I knew what I was insecure about and what I didn't know, I also saw what I did know and what I was secure about. And I started to learn balance, which took a long time. But the more balance that I started to do within, I required from the outside in. I couldn't just listen to a bunch of complaints, and I couldn't just listen to a bunch of great things alone. I had to see, well, where does it land in the middle? How does it reach people? So it goes back to first you'll talk to those who know. Then you'll talk to those who don't want to know because those who know will tell those who don't want to know or probably don't even know what they don't know. And they will tell the ones who don't want to know because that's the only way those who don't want to know can learn. It's all in steps, all in phases. Life is not given to us all in one day or we would be born with all the knowledge we needed and we would not need each other. Biggest reasons why. And people keep coming at me. Why don't you do a subscription model where people pay at the end of the month to hear you talk to them? Why do you keep doing this radio show for nothing? Why do you just give it away? I don't think I'm giving anything away. I believe in my heart of hearts that the best thing I could ever do with truth that's already there, I did not invent truth, to share it from my heart to yours. Because what lives in your hearts is really important to me. If there's a way that anything Christ says to us gets in there and starts ruffling your feathers in a good way, it gets you to ask questions like the questions I got yesterday, then it's doing its work. I do the show every day to remind you that it's not easy, but it's super fulfilling. I embrace questions from the heart. And that's what I got yesterday was a question from the heart. Like, really, how do you think this and that? I get it. But I also have to let you know, fair and square, what I can do and what I can't. My hardest lesson this past year, not only was it dealing with a physically ill person, but also dealing with a mentally ill person. The nights I couldn't sleep because I couldn't reach her. I couldn't reach her. And I know she loves me in her normal mind. But in a inbox, I was called things like I'm a whack job and her mom is awful and her daughter or her sister is mental telepathy raping her. And she really believes it. And what breaks my heart is I know the other side of her and I cannot 
handle sometimes how much it hurts me, how much it hurts her mother, that we cannot reach her emotionally and mentally. And yet she's fighting a fight for her life in her way. So I pray for her because that's all I've got left is that and sending her money for food. And I thank God she trusts me enough to still write me because she will not even talk to anybody else in our family. On that note, with all my love, you guys, have a great weekend. And do your best towards yourself because we are all we've got. I love you guys so very much. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.